This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's a Victory Monday here on the Atlanta Enquirer podcast. We bring in Jay Lehman, who, man, he was on the money last week. Said he was really optimistic uh, about this Illini team, despite what was such a disheartening loss. And Jay, we did see good things uh, against Indiana. Uh, we saw some bad things. We saw some bad things from the offense uh, in this win over Virginia. But 24-3 to in uh, probably the best defensive performance that we've seen since what, Arizona State 2011. I know there's some other ones. Like last year, Minnesota was good. Penn State was good. But this was this felt like Ryan Walter's masterpiece. We have not been outmatched defensively in a very, very long time. The first three games this year, we've dominated up front as far as defensively goes. At times on the offensive line as well. Look at what they did against Northwestern last year in the final game of the season. Dominated, right? They really dominated Minnesota last year, late in the year, right? They dominated... Uh, uh, Penn State, they dominated as well. So, I mean, what's interesting is, and, and I know it's, you know, a couple weeks out, but, you know, Wisconsin is another full circle game. That's the last game Illinois has really been, in my mind, dominated, yeah. right? And it's so, it, it and, and, you know, Virginia was a game last year to get nominated. We are so much better up front, so much better up front defensively um, than even, even last year. Um, it's it's astounding to see the growth and so i'm just excited when i look at this team to play with the defense plays with a lot of confidence um and it's not just one guy and i told you you know before we got on um i believe there's five nfl players right now on that defense three in the back end with sydney brown who is all over the field uh devin witherspoon and Quan martin uh and i also think johnny newton and of course keith randolph they're all pros i think they could all be draft picks this year yeah, and Jay, what a difference a year makes. We knew this defense was different from the one that went to Charlottesville, right? We've talked about the sure. scheme change, the personnel changes he's made. But just in the in the game plan, the execution, what was so different, except for Virginia's offensive line uh, that was really sure. suspect, what was so different in Illinois on September 10th, 2022, than September 11th, 2021? Well, first, first and foremost, I think there was absolutely no run game. Okay, so they became one-dimensional really, really quick. Um, number two is this is I think this is related to the offensive line, which you said outside of the offensive line. We got a lot of pressure, right? And it wasn't just from D line. I mean, I saw Darkangelo have a couple hits. Obviously, Keith had a sack. I think Gabe Akis had two sacks. Odaluga had a play near the goal line where you know just, just where it was a tackle for loss. But they just had penetration everywhere, right? Tariq Barnes had a play where he got great penetration early. And I think the difference, we've watched a lot of annoying games, so I like to go down memory lane with you, Jeremy, is we've seen the wheels come off early in a game, much like they did offensively for Illinois. Um, you know, your three best players create 
I mean, just, just have errors. I mean, we had, you know, Chase Brown fumbled. DeVito throws a, DeVito throws a pick. Chase Brown fumbled. We also had Isaiah Williams drop the first pass. You're just like, dude, those are our best three players. Like, you know, um, we can't have our best three players do that. But I think in the past, that would end up into maybe 14, maybe 21 points, right? The defense has allowed the offense to stick around, get going, and great response by Chase and great response by Isaiah. DeVito, I think, rattled off 13 in a row after that. So, I mean, they, they responded well. But it's the ability to hang in games. There was no margin for hanging in games in the past with Beckman or with Lovey, right? I mean, right. like, if you're down two or three scores, it was done. We didn't have enough defense to keep it up or enough offense to go back and forth and trade points. So, I think that's what I saw overall. Um, that was the biggest thing. And then number two is we've gotten a whole lot better in man-to-man coverage over a year. I mean, you remember those uh, – this is number three, I guess, but number receivers all over the place open. Um, 99, I just remember being open all the time. I remember Kemp being open, number four. And I just think we play with a ton of confidence and really get up in people's grills. I mean, really challenge people. Jay, we talked about last week how Indiana, they got pressure and they just weren't able to bring him down. And, and the difference of a second and 10 and a second and 17, right? Like sure. this week we saw them, whether it was Brennan holding the ball uh, as opposed to Bayslack just getting rid of it, or it was just Virginia's offensive line was a step down, but they got to the quarterback and brought him down five sure. times. Uh, and, and Ryan Walters... Uh, his pressure package was intense. It was unyielding. Uh, they sent five and six a lot of times, which, which has has to give his DBs a lot of trust in that man on man on man coverage. So I mean, the back end was great, the front was great, and it all seemed to go hand in hand. Like, what did you see from that defense of how they're able to send that many guys and still be good on the back end? Sure. Well, I think I think they got like didn't they got the guys up front to do it, but I also think they do. A lot of times we don't talk about this, but I think Ryan Walters does a tremendous job of disguising stuff. Um, you know, a lot of times you you're, you swear they're in man-to-man and then they'll fall out of it at the last second. Or you think they're in zone and they're not. They, they switch to man. Or you think that this, this person's going to come and then this person's not. So I think they do a tremendous job of, number one, taking away the first progression of a quarterback. You can't give the first – you can't get to a quarterback if you, take, if you don't take away the first progression, right, the hot route of just like, all right – Pressure's coming, I'm going to throw right here. They take away that. They make him go to second and third progression. Now there's more time to get to the quarterback. So they did that well. They disguised well. Uh, I thought Brendan Armstrong, for a veteran quarterback, looked rather confused. Um, Because there was times when he had some time, and it wasn't like he was that highly accurate or knew exactly where he wanted to go to the ball. And I will say, uh, I I think that both Quan Martin – and Sidney Brown do a tremendous job of disguising um, because, you know, um, those guys are kind of in the heart of the defense. You'll see them at different, different spots all over. Those guys are tremendously smart, savvy football players. They ask to do a lot. And it, it can be tough if you're trying to just read boxes, like, okay, am I going to run the ball? Am I going to pass here? It's very difficult when those guys are moving around a lot. How do they do that? Like, how are you good at disguising? Like, what do they got to do in the middle of that defense? Like, Devin Witherspoon might be harder to disguise things, but, like, in the middle of that, how do they do that? Sure. sure. So, it's always harder for, for a corner to disguise, right? I mean, because, like, you're you're in a corner, right? I mean, it's like, other than faking a corner blitz or maybe doing press coverage, right? Like, you're going to bail out or, you know. 
So I think it comes with a, a couple of different things. Um, one, you you have an ability where if Sydney gets trapped down by the line within five yards of the line of scrimmage and he's in the box, he can more than hold his own. Okay, so it's not like, oh my gosh, he's down there, you know, we're going to get run over. Like he just adds adds into it. So he can, he's versatile enough to do that. So that, that helps. And then as far as how do you disguise, it's, you know, some sometimes you'll see, um, you'll, you'll see Sydney run with motion, but then he kind of backs off it and somebody else kind of helps him on it and stuff. So it's like they, they do all kinds of things where it used to be, you know, quarterbacks in a guy in motion. Well, if the guy runs it with it, it's man. Well, sometimes Sydney will run and he'll just back off at the last second and then they rotate down and it's actually zone, right? And so they, they do a lot of different things. Sometimes, you know, they'll show in press coverage. Sometimes they don't show press into the last second. Sometimes they, they press bail or they show press and they're, they're bailing out. And at, at the, at the, the thing that I think is most impressive is it's something called being in phase. I see these DBs in phase with the receivers a ton, meaning they're running stride for stride with the ball, with their body in between the ball. You rarely see them out of phase. And I think that's just a, a testament to knowing what you're doing and disguising properly and playing great technique. Jay, the pressure on Armstrong, you mentioned it. I thought he was spooked by the end of the game. Right. Some of the, he was just throwing off his back foot, just looking to go home by the sure. end of this thing. The defensive front, you, you've talked about it a few times. I thought Johnny Newton followed up a great game with a great game. Yep. Keith Randolph might have had his best game. And then we saw a freshman in Gabe Ackes who had to play after Holmes got hurt. But I don't know if this kid was going to not steal that job anyway. Like what would you see right. up front uh, from? So, from I, so I, I would just say this on the, on the, on the defensive line. I think, I think Keith Randolph's an, an all big 10 first team player. I mm. think Johnny Newton can be that um, he, Johnny Newton has a, a, a lot of twitch for his size. I'll tell you that much. I mean, his ability, he rushes more like a DN than he does an interior lineman. Um, Keith's interesting because He's got tremendous power, but also length. He's a really, really long dude. If you see the length of his arms and, and just his size, um, those are two guys they knew that they were going to build around, right? And and, and, they, and they really have. And I think what that does is, first, if you, if you have those interior guys, it's hard to block those guys one-on-one. A lot of times you want to block an interior guy in pass coverage one-on-one because you're like, he's probably not a good as good as pass rusher as your edge guys and you want to help out and chip on your edge guys and whatnot with your backs and whatnot, they're not able to do that. Those two guys are probably the best rushers. I think Atkins can get there. I think, um, you know, Seth Coleman at times can get there, right? Uh, Odaluga, we didn't see much of Zeke Holmes because he got banged up. But once you start hitting a quarterback, I think the greatest example is late in the game where uh, I think it was Armstrong, maybe Wolfel, but I think it was Armstrong just literally threw the ball up to Kendall Smith. It was like, it was like a game of 500. Like he wasn't even looking and it wasn't like he was getting, I mean, he was getting hit and he was getting pressure, but he was just antsy. He was not comfortable yeah. at all. And uh, when you start having a quarterback doing that, you can see how the, the interceptions quickly pile up because you're just throwing, throwing 500 balls out there. Yeah. And uh, I think to see this kind of front, I didn't realize this, this is the the first power non non con power five win in eleven years, yeah. probably since Arizona State. Yep. Right. And so, man, if you would have told us after Arizona State it's going to be eleven years to have a non power five, that'd be that'd be pretty bad if we would do that. And it was the fewest points, Joey, they've given up to a power five team since two thousand. 
against Iowa when they shut them out 31 to nothing. So that wow. was just a really impressive performance. And I, I want to go back to the DBs because I thought Taz Nicholson might have had his best game. I don't think he gave up a, yeah. a reception. But Devin Witherspoon, man, like he's going to get flags for, for all the chirping he does. Um, but I don't want to – if I'm a coach, I don't know how much I'm reining that back because he just plays with an edge that helps him overcome maybe some size deficiency – Sure. Um, but what makes him such a, an effective cornerback? I think he's extremely aggressive. Yeah. I don't remember seeing a, a corner play at Illinois that's been as aggressive as him. I've seen Eugene Wilson play, great player, ball skills. Uh, Vontae, I think, was aggressive but relied so much on his athleticism, which he could, uh, could make up for it. Uh, what, I, what I see with Devin Witherspoon is – this is a guy that literally wants to get in a street fight every pass play yeah. and, and is, is head hunting all the time. I mean, we saw him have that illegal block on Kendall Smith's pick just because he wants to go hit someone. Right. And uh, he'll hit you. We saw that with Sean, the Sean Shivers hit early in the Indiana game. Uh, I think it's, it's out there. I got a chance to, you know, call the Indiana game and, and Walt Bell was still talking. The offense coordinator for Indiana was still talking about Devin Witherspoon being a tremendous cornerback. I mean, he's got respect out there, right? And I think a lot of guys feed off of him. Um, and so I, I really like what Spoon brings to the table. And I think, too, let's not forget, I think he raises the play of all a lot of other guys. I think Kendall Smith is starting to have a great year. I mean, uh, be, because of Spoon and the other DBs, too, but Spoon really being able to lock down one of those sides. Jay, let's flip to the offensive side of the ball. Again, they are finding ways to move the ball. 400 yards of sure. offense is, is a good day. I think he'll take that. A quarterback sure. who has a hundred or 200 yards, two touchdowns, sure. one pick, you, you'll take that. But four turnovers, again, um, as you said, right. the start of that game, they could have dug the, the team a, a big hole there. Sure. Uh, but they still find a way, a couple big plays. Um, so how, how does this happen? Six fumbles in two weeks, right. two interceptions. Um are you still optimistic? Because they are moving the ball, and they seem to be right there to, to kind sure. of breaking out. Because I wrote after the game, Jay, if this offense gets out of its own way, this could this this team could be a surprise in the Big Ten West. Oh, absolutely. I, and that's that's a that's a bigger topic right there. But I would yeah. say, here's what I think. I think Chase Brown, the way that he runs and strains for extra yards, I don't want to speak this over him. He's just the type of guy that's going to have a fumble every now and then. Um, you just – those guys just seem to get more – I mean, they're gonna, he's going to fall forward. He's going to get hit late. Somebody's going to come with a helmet on the ball, and he's going to fumble. As many carries as you get, you can't carry right. as many times as you have not have a fumble every once in a while. Okay? So that's going to happen. Is it an excuse? No. I don't think our receivers have had enough reps. Like, let's take Pat Bryant, of actually live ball game to actually know how to hold on the ball in contact. I see that with Pat Bryant. I saw Luke Ford last week. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think they're getting used to that. What was good What was good this week is I saw a lot of receivers get their hands on the ball. And I saw us actually completing some third down plays to some different players. I saw us use the tight end better than we have in a very long time. You know, um, the, listen, the, 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 what, what the coaches are saying are the turnovers, the red zone woes, because those are two big bugaboos, along with some of our field goal issues, um, 
are all correctable, right? It's like we're doing it. We know we can move the ball and stuff and whatnot. They're all correctable. Um, but I do think, hey, some of it's confidence. Some of it's just experience. And I do think Barry's tried, Barry Lunny's tried to be creative in the red zone at times, maybe sometimes to his own detriment, but he's been creative and it just hasn't been executed. I, I really think it's a confidence thing. I really do. I, I just think it's been a long time this offense has had real confidence. And I, I think DeVito's the guy that can that can give it to him. Yeah. Uh, but they've got to kind of come together as a unit. And I, I think I think they're going to get there. I, I, I'm, I'm excited by what I see. Yeah, outside of his pick, I thought DeVito, he's just been steady, uh, Jay. Sure. Uh, he's just been really steady. And, and you mentioned, I want to get into that, the red zone stuff. I mean, you got to make field goals. Uh, they got a shaky sure. kicker right now, and, and that that can be an issue with all the close games we expect them to be in. But uh, you know, after kind of just pounding it and trying to get in the red zone that way, Barry did get a little bit more creative, getting the ball to the tight ends. The Marquez was a wheel sure. route, not in the red zone, but in the scoring right. zone, as you like to say. And then, uh, you know, they had the the play action with three, four tight ends on the field, if you include Josh Kruitz, that got Rhyme in the touchdown. And I thought yep. they had a play on one of the failed red zone attempts where. If Jonah Morris maybe gets on his block a little bit, Tip Ryman's wide open for for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it, I mean, it was a pick route, rub route, whatever you want to say. It, and you know, they picked each other, <laughs> kind of threw off Ryman, and Ryman looked at the back at the last second, you know, um, and dropped it. So I think I think it was, I think the idea and the scheme is there. I thought it was really well drawn up. The Marquez touchdown. I mean, when you when you have Chase Brown. And they, they had that linebacker in conflict where he has to really respect Chase Brown. Just a, a quick fake flip to him and, and Marquez is going up the field and the ball's on the money. And that's that's tough duty for that LB. I, I don't I don't envy that guy. And so he schemed him up. I think Barry Lunny schemes him up. I think what I like about what, what Barry Lunny brings to the table is we, we have that running game that we need. I mean, there's, I mean, Chase Brown, if he went over 150 yards, was going to be the first guy to do it since Freddie Russell in 2002 at Iowa to do it the first three games, right? I mean, that's 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 incredible. So we have that running back, and we have the solid running game. But I think he's also got the stuff that he got from, you know, Chad Morris at Arkansas, also at, at, at UTSA, you know, with Jeff Trailer. Uh, he's got that some of the spread principles. So I think we have a really good balanced attack. I really do for what Brett Bielen wants to do, and also to win games when we need to throw the football. I mean, we're throwing the football at a exceptionally higher level than we did last year. We have to remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they just need to clean up their own mistakes. Um, sure. I don't I don't know if you've had a teammate, Jay, that, that's gone through what, what Caleb Griffin has gone through, but what, what do you do when you got a shaky kicker? Well, that's tough, you know. Um, I was privileged to play with Jason Reed all four years, right. you know, the rock of Rock Island, uh, you know, because uh, – all-time might have been the all-time leading scorer second all-time leading scorer you know and 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 i think one position we could say during my tenure that never had an issue was rita well i mean he was a good kicker and so i give him a lot of props um but it's kind of like when a guy just starts dropping passes or missing tackles it kind of gets in your head and the only way out of it is to keep kicking and just like a shooter right uh, when you're when you're shooting hoops, unfortunately, you only get two, three, maybe four kicks a game, and boy, everybody sees you miss it, right? I think Caleb stayed positive and whatnot, but I thought he kind of turned the corner with that Indiana kick oh. that was 
I don't know, 48, 49 yarder, which was, which was very, very clutch in the moment of that game. But we, we simply got, we got to be automatic from 40 and in. I mean, most, most expectations at the D1 level is you're automatic from 40 and within withstanding weather. Now you watch the Bears game, shoot, they weren't automatic on any extra point. I know the weather was horrible and they had a, they had a penalty for drying off the field. My goodness. So um, th- it could be worse, but I definitely think Caleb Griffin definitely has the leg and I think he's got the potential to be much better than he's been. Yeah, and I, I just don't know. I know people are saying, who else can you bring? I don't know if you, you do that now, right? I, I think he was the guy who won the job handily. Uh, I think you got to stick with him for a little bit. Uh, Jay, I, I got to bring up the Big Ten West, man. I mentioned it. There's an opportunity here. Um, that's one of the positives I had from last week as you're looking at the Big Ten West. You're saying this might even be a little bit more wild than, than we thought it would be. So Wisconsin goes down. Nebraska fires their head coach. I'll ask you about that here uh, in, in a little bit. But uh, Northwestern loses to Duke. Iowa loses to Iowa State and, and can't score points unless their defense sets them up at the 20-yard line, right? Like, they, they have they have so many games that they can win. There are so many toss-up games here. Um, what do you think about what they can do in the Big Ten West if we keep seeing a defense that's this good and an offense that cleans stuff up? I think they can win the Big Ten West. I, 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 I really do. I, I do from what I've seen. I don't, I think from what I've seen, they've got a defense on par with Iowa. I haven't seen Wisconsin play that much. I'm going to say Wisconsin's up there as well. They always are defensively. But from what I see, Duke got, Duke got after Northwestern. We see that Nebraska, with the, with the coaching change in the first three games, have looked rather unimpressive. Minnesota's largely untested. Um, Minnesota's a team that can beat you or is 50-50 in, in my mind. Um, but the, 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 and then, then Purdue, you know, as well. Like, I, there, there's nobody there you're like, oh, my gosh, we're, we're totally outmatched, right? Um, so I, I believe they can, they can win it. Remember, it's, it's not uncommon for that Big Ten West champion to have two, maybe even three conference losses sometimes, right? Now, do you wish you had the Indiana one back? Yes. Sure, you could always say shoulda, woulda, coulda, all this. I know we have Michigan, Michigan State as our crossover. I get it. But I think with our defense, and if we can continue to improve, Always a caveat for for Illinois because I I think where we where we come short against them is some of our depth on the O line. So can we stay healthy on the offensive line? And can we stay healthy with Chase Brown? Our team's different with Chase Brown on the field. No other way to put it. He's probably I don't know who's a better back in the Big Ten. Uh, I, I I wouldn't take him. I think I think you go right now and start it anywhere in the country. I think you could start at Ohio State. I think he started Alabama. I think Chase Brown's that good. I that, that that's that's my take on it. And I think if you don't have Chase Brown, it's a drastically different football team. Jay, that sounds crazy. I think they can win the Big Ten West, but then people got to remember Northwestern. They were eight and four when they won it in in twenty eighteen, I believe. Sure. Uh, they won the Big Ten West, uh, yeah. and two, a couple years ago they were six and one in, in the Big Ten in that COVID year. If if you if you're six and three, you got a chance to win this division. Absolutely, and I think if you have the tiebreaker against all your divisional opponents, if you ever run the table, great. Here's the deal: I, I think we're gonna in a long season. There's gonna be a game that doesn't work out the way we want it to that we think should. 
maybe that was in the end and maybe there's another one. There's going to be a game or two where we, 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 we probably upset a team or two. I just know this, with the way the defense is playing, we're going to be in the game till at least the third quarter, usually. That hasn't always been the case as an Illinois fan. Let's remember this, right? Not too long ago, we were out of the game. You know, I remember Iowa games, we were out of the game, like 10 minutes ago in the third quarter, second quarter, it was 35 nothing. Mm-hmm. So I, we, we've all been there, right? But if this defense continues to play at this level, uh, and I think Barry Lunny's offense is only going to continue to get better. Uh, if I'm Illinois, like, and that's why I told, I got a chance to be down there recapping for Wyoming. I don't think they're that far away. That's why I told him. I don't think, I said, you're closer than you think you are. Um, I don't know who can handle, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if there's many better two a combo d- interior linemen than Newton and Randolph. I don't know who you would trade them for right now. Yeah. There's no combo of those guys. So I, we, we got some players and, you know, hats off to Levy Smith to getting some of these players here, but we, we, we developed, um, I think Ryan Walters took them to the next level of development. And I want to give him credit for that. Yeah. Uh, I would, pro- I don't know. I'd probably, if you're ranking teams, cause the Indiana loss, you might have them fourth or fifth in the West right now ahead of Nebraska and Northwestern, but sure. the, the margin is so small between all those teams. I got Wisconsin losing that game. Surprised me. I think I still think they're great defensively. Um, and then Iowa can't score. Like, so, um, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they're kind of in the mix here later than we expected. All right, Jay. Yeah, go ahead. Iowa's gonna be gonna struggle unless their defense or special teams can score, which we see them probably win two or three games off that a year. Yeah. All right, Jay. I got to ask you: If you're Nebraska, who's your first call to? Man, that's a that's a great question. You know, honestly, I was thinking about this last night, and you know who would be a great fit there is Brett Bielema. <laughs> now we don't we're not gonna let Brett Bielema go, nor nor do I think they're gonna call. But I think when you think about what Nebraska has tried to be, they have tried to be under Frost some kind of Oregon of the Midwest uh, when Oregon was it was a Chip Kelly team, right? And um, I think what they want to do is they want to be like Nebraska. They want to run the football. I think that's what I think that's what they you know they should be. Yes. And I think. Brett Bielema has that personality and whatnot. Now we're not going to trade him for 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 that because obviously we really like the to, the director. That's the kind of respect I have for Brett because I think he would be a good fit at somewhere like Nebraska. I've I've heard Urban Meyer. I cannot for the life of me see Urban Meyer taking the Nebraska job. I just don't think it's situated for recruits the way that he wants to recruit. I just don't. I, I do not see that happening. Um, as far as who is the guy that I would call on and say, hey, you're going to be my head coach, I haven't got that far yet. So I don't have a great answer for you. Um, I, I agree with your premise, though, Jay. Like, they've kind of gone – I don't know what the Mike Riley hire was. I think it was – we need a nice guy after Pelini. Sure, sure. Um, but the, the Frost thing, I, I, everyone would have hired him. But I think they need a program builder. They, they are sure. not a top 25 program right now. They, right. they just haven't been for a long time. The last top 20 finish they had was 2009. And that's the sure. only one since uh, I think they were in the national championship game or since sure. Solich was there. So it's not the program a lot of people grew up with, uh, but it's been a program for a generation that has not been uh, what a lot of people think. So I, they need somebody that can build a program. And the two guys that, that I think Josh Whitman really honed in on were Brett Bielma and Lance Leipold. 
I think Lance Leipold would be a good fit too. Um, yeah. I know he's not the sexy hire, but I, you just need a good football coach who knows how to build programs. And I agree with you, Jay. It's, it's run the football and stop the run. And, and you know, although he doesn't have any head coaching experience, let's not forget Barry Alvarez was out of Nebraska. And I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked to see Jim Leonard be interviewed for this job. Yeah. Um, listen, they got to play. Currently they have to play Wisconsin every year in the big 10 West. Um, they want to play defense and they want to run the football. Right. I think Jim Leonard could establish that. And I think Nebraska, much like a state like Wisconsin, Nebraska is unable to recruit nationally like they used to. Okay. For, for a variety of reasons. But that means I do believe they have some guys that like Wisconsin, they could get in within their state. And who are they going to battle? So um, I think Jim Leonard is somebody who's probably on the list as a call. It's a good one. Um, I think it's hard to get what we're seeing. Marcus Freeman take some lumps. I mean, here's a guy who's a coordinator for a year or two, two years as a coordinator, and then he gets a head coaching job and no head coaching experience. I think ADs are very hesitant to do that. Very hesitant to give a guy a head coaching job with no head coaching experience at a, at a school like Nebraska. All right, Jay, got an off week until kind of a midweek game against Chattanooga. You got the chance to get to 3-1 and one, a third of the way through the season. What's the focus for Illinois, do you think, during this next 10, 11 days? Well, I, I, I think, one, it does line up very well. I know this game was originally a Saturday game. They moved it to a Thursday. I think that was 100% on purpose, right? I mean, uh, they're already going to have 12 days of rest for this game why not make sure that they get nine days of rest before they play Wisconsin, right? I think that makes 100% sense. So uh, from a schematic point of view, I, I would say clean up the turnovers and work on red zone offensively. I think from a health standpoint, when does Josh McCray get back? I mean, we've got three weeks basically. Can he be back for Wisconsin? I don't know. We really don't know the extent. I don't know if you've heard an update on him or not. No. But if he will be back or not, because I think you get into Big Ten play, you're going to need that. I would continue to work the timing with the receivers. I still think we're just a little bit off on timing, ball skills, and whatnot, and work the tight ends in the game. Hopefully, a Julian Pearl would find, but you know, make sure that they're 100% healthy across the board. That's the biggest thing when you go into the Big Ten is have all your bullets in your gun. You know, uh, defensively. Uh, I don't really have that much to say. Uh, what are you going to tell me to improve on? Because I think they've improved. Other than I would say, if you look at the first three games of the season, I mean, the one breakdown was the two-minute drill against Indiana. Uh, it's unfortunate led to a loss, but I mean, I think they're playing pretty solid. Jay Lehman, you're the goods, man. Appreciate the time as always, and uh, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. You got it. Great stuff as always from Jay Lehman, our All-American linebacker and analyst here at Illini Inquirer. And if they don't already... Uh, become a VIP member, get the the film room. Uh, we just did it, just recorded it, and uh, learned something new every time uh, from Jay Lehman. And, you know, the pressure packages, I brought up a bunch of clips of Illinois getting pressure on the quarterback, but Jay pointed out some of the things of coverage that really helped Illinois with those things as well and, and how they go so hand-in-hand hand with each other. So uh, a defensive master class from uh, Ryan Walters, and, and Jay Lehman does a good job of kind of doing the Brett Bielma thing of giving us football 101 on uh, the video side of things. So uh, go check that out if you don't already. Uh, and if you're not a VIP member, you can always get a VIP membership for just $1 at Illini Inquirer. I got my film review and grades up there as well. Uh, plenty of recruiting updates coming uh, this week as Illinois hits the road. Uh, so Illinois has got an 
off week, but we'll be plenty busy at Illini Inquirer, and uh, we'll have the latest for you there. As always, appreciate you listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcasts, and check us out on YouTube. Uh, we put a lot of videos up there. Your support there has been fantastic. We're trying to do more and more on our YouTube page, so give us a follow, uh, subscribe to us, and we're doing live post-game podcasts. And I think those have been a lot of fun, uh, and it's been cool to get your interaction, your questions after post-game as Joey Wagner and I uh, react from the press box. So go give us a follow there. We've got a lot of good content there as well. All right, everybody, take care of each other. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Online Enquirer podcast. Thank you.